Welcome to the return slot of horror. A podcast set in the basement of a video store much like the one from your youth. A place where Mickey, Marika, and Michelangelo hang out after hours, talk about horror films, and can't seem to agree on much other than their love for the genre. So grab a drink, be careful on the stairs, and don't be the last one left in the basement at the end of the night. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Who's doing who's starting this episode? You're hosting. I am. <laughs> I literally sent a thing saying like breaking everything down that's, so it was very clear. I've been that's you did. Hey guys. I'll host. I'll host. <laughs> Do you want me to host? No, no, it's fine. I'll host. It doesn't. No, I got it. I got it. I, I, I even have. I even have the information right here. Oh, you had a little spreadsheet. Okay. I'm not that prepared. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the return slot of oh. horror. Um, we're three friends who own and operate a video store somewhere in America. Mm. Um. Um, <laughs> how about in North America? You mean in North America? I'm saying North America, so it could be anywhere in North America. Uh, for Americans, that's also Canada. Americans sometimes think North America, anyways. I'm rambling. Um, uh, let's introduce ourselves, uh, starting with uh, Marika, please. I'm Marika, and I'm Mickey, and I'm Michelangelo. And we're hanging out in the basement tonight to talk about the Monster Squad, 1987 American comedy horror film directed by Fred Decker, also written by Decker and Shane Black. Um, Whose pick was this? This was a mutual three-way pick, I believe. I didn't pick it. Oh, no, this was my pick. This was my pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're clear on that. So Michelangelo picked this movie. This was my pick. Um, this round of uh, films that we're going to be talking about um, uh, has the topic that Mickey came up with, which is child fright. To, to be fair, that's... to be fair, that was more of a Marika. Like I presented themes that I thought were good for these films, and Marika felt the child frights. So chat. Well, I we asked you to come up with the title, but you 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 didn't. I, and um, that's when I turned it over to Marika. It's a team, is, it's teamwork, it's like, team effort. Which is like, listen, it's like you know, look, I'm not the, I'm not the Wozniak, I'm not the brains behind it, I'm the Steve Jobs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so monster. Yeah, exactly. Monster Squad. Monster Squad. Let's talk about it. Child fright. <laughs> movies that affected us as uh, as children. Not all of us would would have seen this when we were kids, um, but. Uh, um, the idea is that like it possibly scared us as children and or it usually involves like children in the cast, you know, which Monster Squad seems to qualify. Did we all see this as children? Yes, absolutely. I did not. Multiple times over and over again. Marika, when did you see no. this for the first time? So I actually it's kind of funny. I remember way back a time where you couldn't just get any movie you wanted to watch at any given time. Like yes. you had to either go to the video store or like buy it at a store. And those are pretty much your two options. 
And so Monster Squad wasn't available on DVD for a very, very long time. And so I think it was on like my 21st or my 22nd birthday. My friend Caesar, who is a fellow horror movie aficionado, got me a DVD for my birthday. And he was like, oh, my God, I found this. I've been looking for this for years, but I finally found it on DVD. And I opened it and I was like, amazing. I had no idea what this movie was. <laughs> None. I had never seen it. Um, and it's a it's like a deeply deeply bootlegged version that i have like it's the dvd with like the purple underside mm-hmm. like it was literally burned um so i saw it when i was like in my 20s Amazing. and i'm glad it's part of my collection that did you get and did you upgrade at any point or you still have that burned no that's what i i watched today is the bootlegged <laughs> dvd version sorry sorry <laughs> Which, to the makers of monster squad for not uh putting money in your pockets eh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do i mean i'm not gonna throw away the gift from my good oh, friend of course Caesar. not of course not, of so, course not. <laughs> and apparently there is no way of getting it back in 2000 whatever this was yeah so. very hard to come by um so yeah, so I saw I never had I never saw it with like that childlike wonder or like that ch- that child's eye. So I'm kind of eager to hear what you guys thought of it when you saw it as kids because I don't I don't have that perspective. Before we go, before we dive deeper into that, I'm curious to know uh, what everyone's gonna drink tonight while we talk about the movie. Mickey, what are you having? I have uh, what I guess is called a white leprechaun. Um, we have Jameson cold brew, like the Jameson whiskey cold brew. It's like a mixture of cold brew coffee and Jameson whiskey. And I just put in like um, some nut pods, coconut almond milk with it and uh, sweetened it with some honey. And I looked it up to see if that was an actual thing. And people call it the white leprechaun. But I did not know that going into it. I just was like, this seems like a white Russian kind of, but I'll just make that with what I have available, which is this Jameson cold brew. Great. Um, I'm, I'm having a Belvini neat, uh, the Belvini double wood, just the scotch. I like it. Um, Marika. Ooh, fancy. Um, so today I'm going, I'm coming to you with the uh, Marika's recommended cocktail, which I will be providing for every movie we watch, um, which you can prepare for yourself at home if you so wish to do. Uh, but it's just something that. You know, something that the movie inspired me to create. Um, So it's called a bluet. So if you want to make yourself a bluet, you're going to need some vodka. You're going to need some blue curacao, some grenadine, and some Pepsi blue. You just mix that together. Kind of tastes like uh, a piece of pie with an ice cold Pepsi. Um, and it's super sweet, and you might go into diabetic shock, but you know why not? Did you Monster s- Squad? Did you say a uh, Pepsi Blue? Yeah. Mickey, are you familiar with a Pepsi Blue? Because I've never heard not. of a Pepsi Blue. What? No. You've never heard of Pepsi Blue? I also Blue? stopped drinking soda like probably the same year this movie came out. <laughs> like I just don't <laughs> drink sodas. I don't. I don't know what a Pepsi really? Blue. No, I just I don't drink. Me soda. too. I don't. I drink Zevia sometimes. I've never even had, I don't drink Zevias. I just, I drink seltzers. I mean, you didn't, yeah, but when you were like in college, you didn't drink seltzers. I didn't drink soda. We didn't drink sodas in college either. 
guys are weird. Beer and water has been kind of my staple. Since I was, <laughs> yeah. since I was okay, that makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah, Pepsi Blue was a thing. It was just this Pepsi, but instead of being like a brown cola color, it was blue. Awesome. Is it like neon electric blue? Oh yeah, for sure. It's like uh blue raspberry blue. Okay, mm. that's so it's like properly blue. Mm. Well, we'll which we'll is try also to... not a thing. Blue raspberries not a thing. Oh, but it's anyway. a very big so, yeah. thing. Um. So yeah, the blue it. Try it for yourself. I like that. We'll 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 post a photo and uh, a breakdown of how to make that. Yeah. On uh, on our Instagram page and uh, in the show notes, maybe. Exactly. Um, this show is not sponsored by Pepsi Blue. <laughs> but we're we, we're interested but we're open to it yeah I, have... I mean i mean if we're talking monster squad clearly we're talking about pepsi <laughs> yeah. uh, Pe- monster squad brought to you by pepsi and dynamite and snickers, yes! snickers. how do you get so much dynamite fucking anyway. so much dynamite in this movie um before we we get more into the dynamite of this movie um you know dracula I mean, dracula famous, i famous understand but the guy. cops yeah, I, I got a theory about that. Um, okay, we'll get to that later. Please tell us about your first experience with this movie as a kid. I was I was actually shocked you said it was 1987 because I feel like 87 would have been too young for me to have experienced this fresh. But um, but I do. I remember having this movie and watching it a lot when I was a kid, and it felt very much like my movie and not my older brother's movies, right? So like Goonies. Um, some of those, you know, films that had come out were really more my older brother's movies that I also liked, but this felt like very much a me, like my movie. Um, and I was very close to this movie. And uh, I even had probably in the third or fourth grade, I had started my own, like under my bed, I had a shoebox full of weapons and tools ready to fight all types <laughs> of monsters, <laughs> loosely based on this film, but also based on my own research. Uh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. When you say weapons, I had weapons what are we talking under about? my bed. We, I had, what I were they? Uh, a, a stake that I had fashioned out of a large pencil, one of those jumbo pencils. I'd taken the lead <laughs> out and sharpened really, so I was ready to stack at any moment. Yeah, I had garlic uh, powder. Because heaven forbid you should give a vampire lead poison. I had garlic powder because I didn't have actually, because we, we didn't have fresh garlic. We were like in tiny East Texas. So I just had garlic powder. Uh, in there, I had uh, holy water, or what I thought was holy water. I wasn't Catholic or anything, so I just took water from my church. And then um, I you would have had. On. How did you take the water from the church? Just poured water from the church's sink, and I was like, "Well, this has got to be holy." Uh. <laughs> uh, I had, I had. It continues. I had a crucifix. <laughs> I um. <laughs> I was like, look, look, the, look, the, the church had been blessed off of. So anything within the church, right? So the pipes are holy. Oh. Therefore, the water running through it must be holy. It made sense to me. I'm on your I mean, it's impeccable logic. I had a mirror so I could test people's reflections. What, what, and, hold on, what was the water? Yeah. What did you put it in? Uh, the water was just in a little like little tub vial thing. that had a little like one of those tiny corks on it. You know what I'm talking about? Like the Where little bitty. My Mimi had stuff like that. She had like okay. all kinds of like little things, doily things like that. I don't, that's not really a doily. I don't know why I said doily, but no. But she also <laughs> had she also had many doilies. But, yeah, you know, I'm sure she did. But just kill, you know, like you can get them at the goodwill. People give them up. They sometimes have little. I do feel like them. that's a grandma thing. And yeah. then um, I also had uh, oh gosh, I was thinking about this today. And there's other things. There was the you said a mirror. mirror. Yeah, 
the steak. Oh, I had silverware. You know, not not silver bullets, but I had silverware. Which uh, also, if you watch other films and, and other things in the vampire, you know, world, silver also affects vampires, not just werewolves. So yeah. I was pretty, I was pretty good. And then I had an article written in my local newspaper about um, that was written around Halloween, and I didn't know at the time that it was like kind of like a fun article, like an editorial thing, but it was about like real vampires that might exist in East Texas. But I read, I thought it was real. So I cut it out and I was like, this is, this is my, this is proof that I'm doing the right thing by keeping this shoe box underneath my bed. So that movie inspired that, but also I just watched this movie a lot and I have forced both my kids at different points in their lives to watch this movie. I, uh, it was my first that I remember Amazon uh, movie purchase. And, uh, and then it was a movie I introduced my Mimi, my grandmother, to when she was uh, still alive. <laughs> I was a little bitty. I told her I wanted to watch horror films. She went and rented, um, I've told you the story before, but she went and rented uh, It's Alive because it was unrated. So she thought that meant G. And, uh. she, and then I convinced her to also rent The Monster Squad because I was scared that an unrated film would be too kitty for too me. Scary. No, no, too kitty. Oh, too kitty. It's unrated. Oh, I mean, right. it's not even like scary right. enough to get a yeah. rating. <laughs> and uh, we we then put on it's alive and after being scarred for like hours and not sure if i wanted to continue going because like the opening sequence of this film is is a, a woman giving birth the baby jumps out kills everybody in the hospital and it's just blood and guts and just it's disgusting it's hey, awful <laughs> uh, i mean it's the opening like 30 seconds of the movie. there's no spoiler yeah. if you're gonna watch it at all it's it's how it opens but it is it is terrifying and way too gruesome for anybody under the age of like 10 and i had to easily be like six or seven so then we yeah. turned that off i like cried for a while and then we put on the monster squad and i was like see this is what i was talking about mimi this is good um i love how your grandmother's solution to like a, a child traumatized by a horror movie is like oh let's watch another scary well, movie. the monster squad fits <laughs> in a very special place. but like you know the Monster Squad's awesome. Oh, but you already—oh, you already knew. I already, Monster yeah, Squad. I was the one who brought oh, her into that. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, the Monster okay, Squad's so. Okay, that makes more yeah, sense. It, for me, it hits on such a, a such a. The reason I make my kids watch is because it's such a good balance of just scary enough to not feel like you're being placated to, or that you're being dumbed down the horror, but not so like scary and Terrifying. serious and dramatic and you know yeah or traumatic that that it's also approachable for young kids to be like this is cool i think it plays that balance so well and that's why uh i mean i, I love this film i'm not gonna lie I'm, I'm ready to get into it i love it um it's it's that's an interesting segue into my experience the first time i saw it i was about seven and i did not like scary movies um, in fact, gremlins terrified me. My siblings, my older brother and sister would put it on to make me go away. Um, and I couldn't, I was terrified of, uh, a Fraggle Rock hat. Like my parents had these Fraggle Rock, uh, baseball caps <laughs> and my, my siblings would put them on and like, just, I, it would terrify me. So I was not a fan of scary things. And my mom, uh, being the amazing mom she was, she went to this local video store that she worked at, um, and she uh, saw this movie, Monster Squad. She was like, oh, it's around Halloween. Like, it has kids. She thought it was rated PG, but it is a PG-13 movie, um, which, you know, eventually hurts the film later on as far as it being successful or not. Um, but she rents the movie, and then, you know, she's going to go out with my dad for dinner or something. 
so she, we all sit down to watch the movie and she's, you know, she's going to watch like the first few minutes just to make sure everything's okay. You know? So the movie starts, right. As we all remember in the graveyard, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. immediately little me at seven years old, I'm like, I don't, I don't like this. My mom's like, just give it a chance. And like within two seconds, you see the grim reaper and he has the side, right. Mm-hmm. And then the lightning and the thunder hits. And I ran upstairs. <laughs> Could not be coaxed back. Everyone tried. My mom tried to coax me back down. She was like, I'll make popcorn. My sister was like, you can sit next to me. Uh, my brothers didn't care. My two <laughs> younger brothers. They were like, he sucks. Let, let him go upstairs. And I would not. I, I just stayed in my bedroom by myself that night. Um, and I made them keep the lights on downstairs when they were watching the movie um <laughs> wait you weren't even downstairs and you're like you guys are gonna watch this movie with the lights on because i'm upstairs in my bedroom i was Man. i was <laughs> terrified i was inconsolably terrified and i could <sighs> not and like when i was talking to my mother I, I called all my siblings to ask them about this memory because i don't remember it like i just remember what happened like when i when i like i remember the graveyard i remember an axe being chopped down when the lightning hit and I ran upstairs. And it's funny because my mother remembers it exactly the same way. An axe or a hatchet, she said, slammed down and you ran upstairs and you were like panicked and worried and you would not come back downstairs. Um, And then when I watched it, I was like, there is no, there's no axe. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and in fact, every time I've, and I've seen this movie like a hundred times now at this point and I love it. Um, despite its problems. Uh, but it's it's interesting. I, I, I was having the conversation with her today and I was like, there's no graveyard. It starts with there's the matte. I, well, hold on. The, I'm like, it starts with the matte painting mm-hmm. and, and, and like goes into a dungeon. So maybe right. I was thinking the dungeon was the graveyard. But then I was like, you know what? Let me, let me, I want to get off the phone. Let me um, um, watch it again. And I watched it and I was like, oh my God, it does start in a graveyard. I watched this movie like all the mm-hmm. time. And I don't remember the graveyard and the scythe part because I feel like some, it, I guess it was so traumatic when I was a child that I block it out when I watch it now. I mean, I just watched this movie last night and could not remember the graveyard segment, which is where it opens. That's mm. very strange. Yeah. So you have, bra- you have a strange brain. Yes, I do. Um, so that was my that was my first experience, and then eventually it was on all the time, and like my brother liked it, so he would rent it, and eventually I got into it. A few a few years later, like yeah. I think around ten or so, I could not get enough of this movie. Um, so let's I guess let's get into like the movie, like breaking down like what we what what we liked, what we didn't like, what was strange, what was awesome, like why yeah. we love it. Okay, I have to show you something. Hold on. You can keep talking, but I have to show you something. <sighs> it's coming. Hold on. Okay. Let me let me, let me pull it out. Uh, ah! Should I describe um, what you're about to pull up or will you? No. Well, no. So I just want to say, I'm assuming that like as children, you guys related to... Was there one character, like one of the kid characters that you guys particularly oh, yes. related to? Yes. I actually wanted to ask if you guys had a character that you thought you were at that age or someone you thought that you, you know, like were more akin to. And then now looking at yourself as an adult, who you actually were. 
That's a good um, question. Yeah, because I know, like right off the bat, I could tell you, I thought, well, it is I, I thought I was Rudy. I thought for sure I'm Rudy. <laughs> I mean, obviously, right? I would, so wait, I can would you just explain who Rudy is so, for like people who might not be like familiar oh, with? So, if you're listening, names? if you're listening to this, you must know who Rudy is, and you must. know Dude, I watched it like I watched it an hour ago. Who he's the he's the tough guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, R- Rudy's Rudy's the older Patrick kid Rose. hanging hanging oh, with no, the I'm younger sorry. kids. He's Ryan he's like Lane. you know which is weird. He like smokes cigarettes and hangs out with twelve year olds. Hangs out with twelve year olds. Has cool hair for that time period. Wears a leather jacket. You know he's 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 Mister Cool. You know he's a cool guy. I was bike. like, oh, I'm so yeah. I'm like, he really rides his bike. <laughs> he's got a bicycle. He's got a cool bike. He like he, he makes that one penny kid. Loafers to... he, he makes EJ. Yeah. Is it EJ? I can't remember. But he makes him eat the Snickers bar that he like knocked out a horse's hand. You know. So I was like, I like that guy. I was like, I'm totally a Rudy. As I've gotten older, I realize I'm not a Rudy. I was never a Rudy. Rudy was what I wanted to be. I was never a Rudy. <laughs> we all want to be Rudy. I was, I was Rudy actually was more. Rudy. Rudy was. I was more Rudy. of a. Um. Uh, I was more of a Eugene. Okay. Yeah. Eugene is the little kid. Best that, friend. No, is Eugene the best friend? I think Patrick's the best friend. Sean. No, you're right. You're right. Eugene's, yeah. the, Eugene's little, little the little kid. kid. Yeah, I feel like I'm more oh, of a Eugene with the weird uh, Confederate soldier hat on. Throughout the- oh, I hate that is yeah, me. I, know, I think right? that's actually that who I am. Well. There, is, <laughs> there, there are a lot of things that did not age well in this film. But but Eugene, and what I mean by that is I was always the little brother. I was always the one that was like, guys, guys, listen. So I was either Eugene or Phoebe. But um, but but more Eugene, like just there's something in my closet, Dad. And the dad's like, oh, big scary monster. Ooh. I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, so I I've, I I think that I thought I was Rudy, but I'm not. Mike, what about you? Um, I identify. I wanted to be Rudy, of course, yes, because he's like the coolest, <laughs> right? So like in my imaginary world that I had for myself when I was a kid, I was definitely Rudy. But I was I was kind of like Horace, but replace replace being repl- like I wasn't fat. I wasn't I wasn't overweight. Um, and just replace being called uh, fat kid with the other F word they use in this film. Uh, oh, not yeah. fuck, right. but the yeah. other one. Yeah, yeah, like, no, I was, yeah. I, I, no, no, I, they didn't use that. fuck. Their, their word in place of fuck was dork, which I will get into later. I'll get into dork later. But yes, I, yeah. So like, that's really who I kind of, in reality, was kind of like. I was kind of like a skinny horse who was called the 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 f word all the time yeah do we Marika? need to unpack that do we need to unpack that a little um bit? we'll get to we'll get to the f word and uses uses usage in this in this film later but marika who do you, who do you who i will you uh, i will answer i mean again i didn't see this movie as a kid yeah. i saw it as like an adult the wolfman but the wolfman uh go to um go to the general text channel and you will see who's this little girl Oh my God! Is that you? <laughs> when I saw that movie, I was like, "Oh my, oh God, my God, I'm Phoebe." You are. You look you, just like Marika her. Marika is showing us a uh, a picture of herself as a kid, and she is adorable. And you look, you are the spitting image. You eerily do look right? like Phoebe. It's very, it's very uncanny. Yeah. Wow. Right. <laughs> so, like, I can't watch this movie and not think, like, "Oh, that's me." <laughs> yes. And like, and I love Phoebe. I think she is adorable and she's super brave. And she's the one who becomes friends with Frankenstein, which is totally what I would have done when I was a kid. And to this day, probably would try to do. 
so yeah, hundred percent Phoebe. Yeah, Phoebe kind of is like of all the the guys in the Monster Squad, she's by far the bravest. <laughs> she <laughs> she is. like puts herself she, out there, man. She's also the only woman in this woman. She's the only <laughs> female in this movie that isn't just an object. Every other woman in this movie is just yeah. like an object serving a purpose for something else or an obstacle I mean, that's in the way. I feel like I hear what you're saying, but I feel like there are a lot of things in this movie that are just like set pieces to like make other. There are a lot of things in this yeah, movie this, that are there just for listen, like, oh, this is convenient. Listen, we're not. Yeah, gonna, we need to, this to happen, and so uh, you know. I, so I I will say that it 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 is totally what Marika is saying, but in the way in which it's seen through a kid's eyes, they're not going to pack in a lot of like plot. They're gonna also can we just can we just <laughs> can we just talk for like a quick second sure. about how how crappy all the parents are in this movie? No, I disagree. The dad's like the best. I he think so too. I love oh, the dad. Really? Oh, come on. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm so confused. No, he's oh my god, he's a terrible cop, first of all. He's a terrible detective, first of all. But then <laughs> the thing detective. that sealed it for me. What makes him a terrible, he, no, what makes him a terrible so, detective? <laughs> I mean, one thing, one thing that Please. you cannot argue with, like if a dad actually did this, you'd be like, take his kids away. When he's watching uh, the movie at the drive-in and he's sitting on the roof and then his dad like brings him Burger King, yeah. uh, which is cool, right? You're like, totally yeah, cool, cool dad, awesome watching a movie at like 11 at night yeah, on the roof. This is awesome. and, then, and then there's this giant thunder strike with lightning and he's like yeah let's watch this movie on the roof of the house <laughs> not bad parenting what parent doesn't go like hey kids I, my dad lightning. was totally fine with me i would go i would yeah all the time he was like just be around me right now <laughs> can, 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 i will just tell you that my dad we would swim and there would be like lightning you, in the distance you could see and he'd be like uh let's give it a minute i don't i think we're okay in the be, distance is fine. I'd be like, um, okay. And now it's like with my own kids, I'm like, as soon as I see lightning, I'm like, everybody out of the pool. My dad was like, nah, I think we're gonna be fine. It's like this And then also the, the mom who's like, Hey, let me put this flame, this open flame next yeah. to your bed, child with like many stuffed animals and sheets, and nothing will happen. You'll be safe. Yeah, but these kids are also not like <laughs> these these are these are not I mean, I can Campbell has a candle in his room. He likes candles. And then and then Eugene's Your dad, kid, who's like just totally kid. makes fun of him. What's that? For like what did Mike say? Your kid's a teenager. He's 12. Yeah. These kids are 12. I mean they say they're 12 in this movie. Yeah, but she's talking about Phoebe. Yeah, but Phoebe's, Phoebe's five. like a, like a five-year-old. Yeah, but Phoebe Although, left yeah, like but an open flame. But but in there. Phoebe's defense, she's like more mature than all the 12-year-olds. True. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> also, real real quick shout out to Mary Ellen Trainer. R.I.P. Also to uh, Brent uh, Shalom, who played Horace. Also R.I.P. Really? Like, huh. yeah. Uh, Brent died when he was like 22, unfortunately, pretty young. Wow. And the Mary Ellen Trainer, she died like not too long ago, unfortunately. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, we miss you. Way to way to bring the vibe down. Wow. Sorry. Wow, my childhood <laughs> ruined right now. <laughs> also, also, I mean, to bring it down even further, I'm I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure Leonard Cimino, who played the scary German guy, I'm, there's no way he's still alive. Uh, mm, I mean, that, maybe he's one of those guys who like looked old, who yeah. like always looked old. He played old. You know, guys they're the, alive. those actors where you're like, it's like John Luke Picard. 
who uh, Patrick Stewart <laughs> by his actual name. Like he's always because he's been bald since forever since I've known him since Star oh, yeah. Trek. I just always thought that he was a really old guy, <laughs> but he's been a really old guy for like fifty years now. <laughs> That's the way to go. <laughs> so maybe this, maybe the old scary German guy. So let, I'll I'll say some of the things that like actually truly scared me as a kid, and even I found oh, watching yeah. it today things that still made me go like, "Oof, that's rough." And we'll just get into like, I mean, I can't remember what's the name of the um the guy who made all the monsters. What's his name? Oh, he's famous. Oh, um, it, he didn't actually make it, but it was his studio, Stan Winston. Stan Winston, yes, Stan that's Winston, it. yes. He he didn't. He just he was an amazing delegator. He didn't actually work on any of the. It was like a oh, team. Okay. He just delegated each monster to sort of like an individual who cool. who like just knocked. They they all knocked the monsters out of the park. Yeah, well, but he's credited to it. He's in the. He's like yeah, because he's credited like company. monsters by because it's his. Company. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Well, it's, but but by far those two like his his monster creations were I mean his teams were amazing I mean that those are the two things that really terrified me as a kid and to this day I'm like still unnerved by it. it's 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 the it's the transformation always to a wolf man that always gets me it just that always really gets the me. phone booth to this day what's that like the phone coming out of his mouth yeah the it just phone booth like, and, and whenever Crazy. the like that the the skin kind of like does that bubbling or swelling oh, thing yeah. in there but it's like that always gets me and then the half bat half man moment when oh, God. Oh, it's terrifying it really is it's like i even as an adult i watch i'm like oh so i can imagine and it's been so long since i've been there but i can imagine my first watch i must have been like just white knuckling it through the whole <laughs> film after seeing that how old were your kids when you introduced them to this Oh, way too young. I always do that. I always overshoot that. <laughs> you mean undershoot it? <laughs> yeah, undershoot. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, like I, how old? Um, Campbell was probably first grade, second grade. Ooh. So seven or eight. So about your age I mean, when you saw it, right? Yeah. So that's not. I mean, like, did I mean, he? Was he terrified by it? Was he okay with it? Like, yeah, th things like bother him, like run and like bury your head in mom's shoulder kind of thing. But then, you know, but overall he liked those films. He and I have a very similar um, feeling about, so like my favorite films are when young people, and I say young people because I don't want to say kids, but young people are smarter than the adults and they seem to know what the big bad is and be able to fight it better than the adults ever can. There's something about those stories that really work with me, whether it's Stranger Things, Goonies, um, they just, they always pay off Lost in boys. dividends for me. Oh yeah. Oh, or in, when, I, when I say even like young ones, I mean, uh, yeah, it's like, it's like those aren't, I wouldn't call those kids cause they're like teenagers, you know, or I guess tweens, some of them, but I just love those films. I just freaking love them. You know, I just, I don't know it. I mean, the first half of it. I feel like this so film good. is an the original to that first half. The yeah, original the original or the well, yeah, yeah. the book. The just like just like the yeah. this, the story of the kids in that is what makes that such an amazing story to me because I love those kids. I love that they find bravery and the parents are all like aloof and sorrow filled and not able to do much and you know. So this is yeah. like my kind of jam. This is right up my and alley. Stephen King rules. Stephen King rules. Yes. Stephen King. Yeah, rules. that's a great T-shirt. I think I'm gonna find that T-shirt. That and uh, you could make it for like dirt cheap. You could probably make that shirt yourself for under twenty bucks, no problem. 
Yeah. I heard for 120 bucks. No, no, no. no I said for under, for under 20. 20. Yeah. For 120 bucks, listener, I can make, I can send you a bespoke <laughs> Stephen King rules shirt. I put, we'll put that in the show, we'll link, link in the show notes. Michelangelo's bespoke t shirts, yeah. Stephen King rules. Marika, what, um, did it like i mean you were you no. were in your you were like 22 so you you weren't were you not scared at all were you not like ooh this is like like yeah no well, no it wasn't scared i no i wasn't well, what, scared what were you what i mean i think that the the kind of amazing thing with this movie is that like like in all things the special effects some really hold up some are clearly dated, but I think that the kind of the yeah, the thing that's amazing about this movie is that it it either way, it sucks you in. And there's like a lot of suspension of disbelief that has to come with this movie. There's like a lot of ooh, that special effect is not the best. But it's I don't know, there's just something so charming about it that like you love it. And honestly, part of me wishes that. <clears throat> I would have seen it as a child because it would have been a hundred percent up my alley yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that was why. I... yeah, I wish, I wish you had too. I mean, it's, it was like, I, I think it still holds that place in my heart because I saw it as a kid, you know? Yeah. And it was um, so, something that was cool in that time period was like, uh, it was like a, a movie made for kids, which you didn't mm-hmm. get, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like now all movies, even adult movies, tend to be also made for kids. And I think it was, it, it, it you know, because I, I was talking to uh, Allie about this, my girlfriend the other day, my partner. Um, like, like, remember when like adults used to make movies for adults? Yeah. You know, but this was, yeah. this was like, it had that, like, my mom wasn't going to watch this whole movie. She was like, you know, let me check it out and make sure it's okay. But then this is a movie for you guys. You watch mm-hmm. it. So the, like, it felt special in that way. Once I got around to finally right. watching it. But there, and I, I, I mean, I don't have kids. So maybe there are these movies and I'm just not aware of them. Mickey, maybe you can educate us if we're way off track here. But like that doesn't you know there are a bunch of movies that i remember watching as a kid there's one that was like escape to bear mountain or Witch something mountain. that's not what it was called that escape wasn't it Witch it was mountain. like with anna paquin is that the one with anna paquin anna paquin where they like they're like looking for this cave in a mountain somewhere this is like these two kids that go on an adventure i don't think it's with the witch mountain one anyway but i remember like going to the movie theaters with my friends when i was like 10 years old and seeing a movie that was like clearly made just for me. And like you said, that like my parents don't want to watch. Like it's a thing made for kids. And I feel like even now, like cartoons are made with an adult audience in mind as well, which is fine because that makes co watching possible and probably more interesting for parents. Um, but I don't know. There's something about like that era, like in the 80s and the 90s really these things that were made for us and you felt like it was for you and the fact that your parents weren't interested made it kind of like your own which i think is interesting i'm i'm i don't know i don't know that i agree but um but uh yeah i hear what you're saying what 
which part do you not agree with? <laughs> Again, I don't have kids, so I don't. I'm no, I, out I just of my mean, I, right now. I feel, so. I feel like I mean, the Monster Squad does feel like a, a well done movie made for kids, but I do feel like it was probably around right before the Monster Squad when they kind of started making all these kid movies with parents in mind. Gremlins, Goonies, um, E.T. Fucking okay, Gremlins is insane. That Gremlins that was, is Gremlins was Gremlins is yes. not a kid. Movie. It was it yes. Is, go go look is. back at go look at Gremlins and E.T. were the two movies that made them change and put a PG thirteen rating on movies because yeah, those Goonies movies was like the last one to get mm-hmm. in under the radar. It was yeah. uh, it was uh, um, uh, Temple of Doom. Is Temple when yeah. PG thirteen was but, created, but, but like, Spielberg yeah. was known for that was kind of his thing. He was making movies that were for kids, but that had a really heavy adult themes. So he was kind of like blending this thing that now became like the playbook because then they became hugely successful movies like Back to the Future, yeah. Indiana Jones, yeah. these movies. So so I, I so as much as I say that that was a period, and we look at it and we reminisce as like old people, like oh, back when they were made for kids, but that was actually back <laughs> when they were actually doing that intentionally to to you know appeal to both now you go yeah. beyond i mean yeah. it's smart yeah. it totally makes sense you're doubling tripling quadrupling your audience yeah. so yeah plus it makes sense. like there is something really special when you're a kid and you hear a curse word in the movie oh, i love like, it, Goonies, I love Goonies, it. Goonies, <laughs> Goonies does it perfectly with like they have shit in there so you're like, Can oh my god, they said shit or damn but like this, this movie this... has the f like the f word and not fuck and it's like they use that like i think they use that word properly because i think the only times that word is said is by the bully characters so it's like authentic plus it's like people you don't want to be like saying it you know but the 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 our two main characters um uh sean and uh patrick Patrick. they they uh they have a little homophobia about the principal at the beginning You know, but you know the the cussing leads me to my favorite line in the whole film. Or no, it's not. No, it's not my favorite line, but it's one of my favorite lines. What? Which is? Sh- Sean says, "If we pull this off, I'm gonna shit." <laughs> <laughs> he does. He doesn't say. He, 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 he doesn't. Which is, which is which is which is like which is like the perfect like kid way of cussing, right? You don't properly know that cuss word in that in that sentiment. You you know because it's like really if he had said. Man, if we pull this off, I'm going to shit myself. That would be like, okay, okay, I get it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, if we pull this <laughs> off, shit. I'm going to lose my shit. I totally get it. But if we pull this off, I'm going to shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to shit. It's, it's, it's like that's how run of the mill this this fight for good and evil is. That once it's done and I pulled it off, I'm just going to take a shit. It's not that big a deal. I'm just going to take a shit. It's like, it's like I laughed out loud when he said it. Because I was still waiting. I was like, well, there has to be more to what he's saying. It's like, nope. The movie keeps <laughs> nope. going. It's just, if we pull this off, I'm going to shit. <laughs> that is a great line. I'm going to add that to like my regular go-to. Yeah. Next time we're together, if, if we pull this podcast off, guys, I'm going to shit. I'm going to shit too, man. <laughs> what's your What's your other favorite line? So the, I, have, I have two others. Uh, two others, the, okay. I have two other lines that I just like, that I love. One is obviously the like, I think probably the, one of has to be one of the catch phrases of this movie, which is the Wolfman has nards. Wolfman's got nards. Oh, the Wolfman's got nards. The Wolfman's got which nards. Which is also which is also a documentary I'll talk about at the end. Oh, okay, cool. And then the other one, uh, just when they're beating around the bush with Patrick's sister and they finally get out and say, Have you ever been dorked? I have, <laughs> I have never I, have, I, I sit there and I kept thinking, was that just the thing that we said in the eight? Did we say did we call that dorking? But I don't think I we don't did. Think so. I think that Shane Black wrote in there 
some like some proper language and someone at the ratings somewhere said hey you got to change it and they started saying dorked like hoping that would catch on as like a new thing and i it's the only movie it's the only place i can think of i've ever heard sex being referred to as getting dorked so i but they I, say I it a couple little, times about it go ahead i can i can add a little context to this so this this movie you'll 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 see at times right that it's uh, has like 1950s influences, right? Okay. Like the hamburger joint. Like there's some there's some yeah. scenes that are shots that are, and you know, which is, a, you know, you see it in Stephen King's work all the time. The guys sure. of that age, right? In the 80s who were adults, they're nostalgic from of their childhood. Right. So in in like the 50s, like, like calling your dick a dork or saying, like it was kind of like a, like a slang thing Okay. In like gangster movies, so I Got think it. I think that's where the connection of like dork gets put in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd also, never like heard people, it. People like when I think it's also a way to slip in uh, more like uh, obscene things. Like when you're like get like oh yeah, they mean dork. They think it's they're gonna think it's me means like a nerdy person, but we're actually talking about fucking or like a dick. Have you ever been dicked? Is what I yeah. Have you ever been dorked? I mean, I think that it's a it's a good way to slip that in and have most kids know the word dork. And so they're not going to be like, what yeah. is dork? Because they know what dork is, but they don't know what it means in that in that situation. Yeah. That's kind of my guess. Do you yeah. that's, a, that's solid. Um, do you have any favorite lines, Marika, from the movie that like stick with you? Nothing comes to mind. Comes to Again, I haven't. I probably haven't seen it as often as as you have. I mean, Wolfman's Got Nards is of course <laughs> it's is, is a classic. It's wonderful. It's <laughs> it's, it's Shakespearean. Classic. It's like it's what lingers after Wolfman's Got yeah. Nards. Not Wolfman's Got Nards. I call them um, Nards based on this movie. Dork, I didn't pick up, but Nards, I picked up from this movie. Yeah, I kept on for a twenty twenty some odd years afterwards. I'm still saying Nards. It's a good word. It's a very, very good word. Um, Michelangelo got some lines. No, I mean other than Wolfman's got nards. That's that definitely. Stuck. <laughs> um, just, if we pull this off, I'm gonna shit. I mean, and Wolfman got has got nards. I mean, that is a great. That is the shit line. Is it's a fucking great line. It's great. I mean, the movie has like I can't name them off the top of my head, but this is a movie. I mean, Shane Black is really good at um like one-liners oh shane black know? yeah speaking of shane black did did so at the uh, so kind of at the moment when they come to the house it's uh sean's dad the cop and his and his partner and dracula has just bombed the treehouse you know <laughs> yes with like four <laughs> sticks of dynamite, dynamite. Got so much as, dynamite as one needs for a, for a tree to blow up and he goes for the for tree house. it's like man dracula's are gonna really get him he's gonna blow up their, their kid tree house <laughs> With like pictures, I mean, his monsters. But I do. I've got like a weird dichotomy thing about this particular scene in the film that I'll get into. But I do want to start with this. I just want to just say what I noticed, and 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 it's specific to Shane Black. When the mom opens up the door and Dracula's there, and the dad gets out of the car with his gun. I am. I am. I am. I did not do research. I am. Will look it up, and somebody feel free to jump in if you know the answer. I swear, is that not the same house from Lethal Weapon 1? That might be. Oh, God. I don't know. I have no idea. They, they shot on the, I mean, he, 
he had that's sort of like a, a sad thing about this film is like if they had released it a couple months later they could have said from the writer of lethal weapon because lethal weapon got made uh around the same time but then okay. was released i think like they were very close in succession like he sold lethal weapon and then this got picked up okay. right so like if they had had that like you know because it was like a, a phenomenon in america i think in around the world uh mm -hmm. the weapon success um so it might be that might be the same house there was just there was like i i wasn't even thinking lethal weapon i wasn't even thinking shane black when watching this i mean obviously i know shane black i know his work i know his work really well uh from going back from his acting even predator just everything but mary but, ellen trainer she's in a lot of his films mm. But I noticed that when she comes out of the house, I had a moment where I was like, whoa, I, fe I felt like Riggs was about to be in the front yard fighting, at, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and I was like, wait a second. I was like, is this the same house? Because that that the framing, the moment I was like, this feels like Mur this this feels like Roger Murtaugh's house. Um, <clears throat> unrelated, but related to that exact scene, because uh, I watched this and had to rewind <laughs> just to make sure that I saw it correctly because you're talking about when she comes out and Dracula, like you see the shadow of Dracula and he turns into turns the bat into and he like bat. flies away. Right. So, <laughs> so right before that, um, there is a stick of dynamite again that is thrown under a car. Yes. An entire car explodes. Yes. Yes. The dad comes yep. out, shoots Dracula like five right. times in the chest mom comes out as if she's like coming yep. to pick up the morning paper i had the same it's like <laughs> why is she like, coming out like no. what's going on here <laughs> no she's terrified can, can i also just say that this is something that also really bothers me about that scene is that he blows up the treehouse and we get a huge swell of music like this is a moment right he just blew up the kid's treehouse <laughs> then he blows <laughs> up the he blows up the partner, the only black character, <laughs> like a whole ass human, the whole and ass nobody human. reacts. <laughs> nobody reacts to Stand the death off. of a human being that has just been blown up in a car. Nobody reacts. It's like the treehouse. Serious. The Sean does. Gotta say, he his reaction's pretty, pretty much like, <laughs> oh no, ah, uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, wait, let okay. me ask you this. Let me let me ask you this. Right later yeah. on, he has a stick. The cop then Sean Yo, has a, a stick let's of dynamite. Talk about dynamite. This, well, hold on. This is on subject dynamite. So he he goes to kill Dracula with a stick of dynamite, right? Right. Do you think this is his dynamite or is this dynamite that Dracula like kind of <laughs> left around and he was like, I'm gonna fucking get him the way he got my partner with I, dynamite? I think that this town has <laughs> this town has has like a a plethora of dyn the, dynamite the way that normal towns Maybe it's a mining have, town the way that normal towns have fire extinguishers this town has dynamite in every house it's just what they have and i think that you are touching on something marika this could be like a west virginia coal mining town right they Everywhere. just have dynamite well somewhere just bring it home it's work. definitely somewhere where you have swamps and old plantation because dracula's like mansion that he moves <laughs> into is a plantation i mean There, there's a, here's my theory on that to make it make sense
okay. right? Because how a supporter person like that was in the team with Van mm-hmm. Helsing or a descendant eventually moves to America, mm-hmm. right? Has a plantation. Is a piece of shit, right? And then the thing, Bram Stoker's Dracula, where it's like he has some sort of proxy that like buys him property somewhere and he finds out where Van Helsing's ancestors were, right? Then some idiot has an estate sale and the book goes missing and Sean ends up with it, which is how we lose that. But that explains why the ambulance is hidden yeah, in that it, house. Yeah, it also I'll add to to, to explain sure. your your theory even more. It 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 begs to say that Van Helsing's descendant probably married a French Huguenot uh and that French Huguenot settled in Louisiana, which explains the swamp and the plantation mm-hmm. house being in the same proximity while also having a suburb so probably somewhere in like the Baton Rouge, <laughs> maybe yeah. further south than that. And um <clears throat> yeah. And that would explain why Sean's dad is in a different movie where he's like a big city New York type detective <laughs> cop. So it must be New Orleans where he he's a cop. Probably. Yeah. Probably no I mean, this movie is painfully, obviously California, um, <laughs> but like Sean's dad, like is like, he's, he's in a Nick Cassavetes film, <laughs> you know, he's like an actor studio actor in yeah. this whole other film, you know? Yeah. He's, he's doing Serpico and the rest of them are doing. Yeah. Yeah, like his partner, <laughs> uh, Stan Shaw, he gets it. You know, his his he's got his whole comedy bits that he yeah. he's doing throughout the entire. He gets what movie he's in, and that guy is awesome. For sure. Now I have another question. Um, just <laughs> we're gonna not poke holes, but you know, delve into the we, finer I think details. We were of... holes. I think we were filling holes. Just then. yes, yeah, exactly. You're right. Holes. No, we're doing a lot of work for this movie if, if in had, terms of if they had taken some but... of the dynamite budget and 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 relocated it to uh, some more special effects and like a rework of the script to make it solid. I think the special effects were on point. No, I I, I mean more. I, I feel like instead of like instead of like the Wolfman tearing someone apart, he breaks his neck. Instead of vampire like sucking blood, he blows people up. So it's, it, 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 you know what I mean? Like it feels like it was like they're uh, blowing things up was their like sort of like take care of something. I mean, Which, hey, I don't, I don't, I'm not against that. Have you, have you seen Shane Black films? You live, <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you live, if you live in a mining town, your solution is always to blow yeah. stuff up. Have you seen The Long Kiss Goodnight? Um, but what I didn't understand is why does Dracula lock Frankenstein up? in a cell in the basement of the house where like the mummy is like randomly in some kid's closet for God knows why. And the wolf man is doing his own thing. And the creature from the black lagoon is just swimming along. But then Frankenstein gets locked up. I have an answer. Go on. Do tell. Um, Well, Frankenstein's obviously the key to all of uh, Dracula's plans. And Frankenstein, as we see, right, is like pure of heart. And I think Dracula knows this. So he knows it's like you're the you're you're the important part of this whole thing. So I need to keep you locked down because you have the mind of like a child Mm -hmm. and you will like you can easily be manipulated. 
Yeah. But the, but this but, on, but then, I, I support Mike in this because he also chains up the Wolfman when he's not the Wolfman, knowing that when he's human, yeah, he so he has to drug him and chain him up so that he doesn't go and do the right thing. He he's he's got all these guys unlocked, and I've got a theory on the mummy as well. But continue. But then, if if Frankenstein is pure of heart, which I think we can agree he is, sure, which is why it's I didn't, I was not happy. Shout out Tom to, Noonan. He's great. I was not happy to see him. Um, you know. Anyway. Uh, but then when the, the sucky hole of evil suckingness at the end uh, happens. I think we call that bimbo. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the sucky hole of suckiness is, is what I'm calling bimbo? it. It's called limbo. But one of the kids at one point goes, yeah, we got You got to open up bimbo. And he goes, you mean limbo. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Who says bimbo? I can't remember which one it was. I think it was add Horace. That, add that to the list of lines. Um, <laughs> but then why does he, why does Frankenstein get sucked in? Because he's uh, if it all, if it's only sucking in the evil things, well, it's, it's sucked See? in Van Helsing. Well, it sucks in Van. It doesn't make the sucking in thing does not make any sense to me whatsoever. Okay. Don't try to explain limbo. There's some things that are like a lamppost, evil lamppost, <laughs> evil park bench. Right. It's like why was Van Helsing in the limbo, and how does Van Helsing get out, out of the limbo, <laughs> and then and going back? How does Dracula I get out? I love of the thumbs up though. Like later. he's literally being sucked into the limbo with like Frankenstein. I also love that and he's like thumbs up. I also love that a thumbs up was like a thing they were doing back in Van Helsing's time. It's like oh yeah, I know it. It's been doing it for yeah, centuries. It's, it's the thumbs up. Hey, this is how we can hey, the thumbs up. Universal language. The universal sign of it's all good. <laughs> I love that. That is. I mean, maybe, maybe thumbs up has been a thing. Wasn't that like a Roman thing, though? Actually, we say this the Roman thing. I mean, maybe this is a movie. Dracula's still alive. Maybe (laughs) this is like a. It's a movie idea of actually. Actually, I think that I'm the one that should be in Russell's Crows ancient Roman time. I I think that I, I, Ricky, you're correct. I think I should be laughing at myself right now. That's an obvious. The thumbs up is obviously something that has made it through the ages. And the writers and the director okay. knew this. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> they they did their fair. research. I shouldn't question it. Um, I'm also, yeah, no, it was still, I'm still not sure that Ben Helsing. <laughs> All right, buddies. Thumbs up. Anyway. Tom Noonan has some really good moments. And, and, and one of them, which is like, like really still is effective to me, but then is immediately undercut by like a Hallmark commercial is when he sees the Frankenstein mask and he's, he realizes like, Oh, this is my face and I have a scary face and it's like really powerful. But then there's that weird hallmark, like we're walking in the sunset and the music is swelling. Actually, can I say about that, that walk in the sunset? I, I actually thought that was a well-composed shot. And I was like, Hey, that is, that is a, I love the sky. I love the balance. This is a well, like the DP really went, he went to town on that shot. He set that really well. There's a lot of wide shots in this film and it's because Fred Decker, this was like his second movie and he was going to be fired within the first two weeks. He didn't understand that you need to set up like a wide shot first and then go in so that like everyone understands how to like what's going on in the scene. And establish so what shot, he did. Yeah. yeah Establishing shot. So what he did was <clears throat> Like he was like, okay, so I need to do this. So, like, the movie is just wide shot after wide shot, like beautiful wide shots. Like they're really, mm-hmm. they're really nicely composed. It's just the tone in this oh, movie, yeah, shifts oddly all over, all over the place. Yeah, 
Well, and, and some actors are delivering, like you said, a different... The, the They're all acting on different tones. There's like, you know, there's not like... There didn't seem to be like a, a steady, like, this is the movie we're making for some actors. Where mm-hmm. I, I will say that uh, Noonan was doing some good acting. Like, he was doing yeah. a very good job. And uh, kudos to him. But, yeah, the transition was not was not that great, even though the shot was, I think, good looking. Um, can I tell you something strange? If you had asked me before we watched this movie if Wang Chung, the song Wang Chung, was in this movie, I would have sworn up and down that that was the song used during the montage. <laughs> Wang <Really>? Chung? <laughs> I, I mean, I really? would have... I would have gone. Really I would have gone like to fight over that if somebody questioned me. I would have said, "No, no, Wang Chung in the Monster Squad. It's the song for the montage." And then when I watched, I was like, "Song's not even in the movie." I was no. like, "How did I associate Wang?" It's like it must have been somewhere in my life. Wang Chung must have been like a. I got to find out when <laughs> Wang Chung was a hit because I associated to the Monster Squad. And today, today is the first day in my life in decades. That wow. I have like realized that Wang Chung has nothing to do with the Monster Squad. That's I don't odd. know. I, I wonder if other people are going to. I feel go, like that must happen. I, I, there's the. I feel like there must be other people out there like, yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know why. Listeners, but there's some, let us know. Did you think Wang Chung was in the Monster? <laughs> I, I actually was going to hop on. Like I had planned it before I watched the movie. I was like, oh, I'm going to do a whole Wang Chung segment where I'm like, hey, everybody, let's have fun tonight, huh? Everybody, Wang Chung tonight. But no, there was nothing. No Wang Chung at all. Nope. It's like it's a Mandela effect. Yes. <laughs> like with the axe with my mom and I. We remember right. an axe. Exactly. Right. Um, exactly. During that montage, by the way, when Rudy steals the bow and arrow, there's something <laughs> weird going on with that with that coach. There's like it's a bunch of dudes, right? And then there's one girl. And that guy is all over the girl. So much is he he is so in maybe it's hey. Uh, uh, long kiss goodnight. Maybe it's Gina Davis as a kid, and he uh, is, uh, you know, because uh, Gina Davis yeah. became such an amazing archer. Yeah. Um, but like, he literally steals that bow and arrow from like off the guy's feet, and the guy does not notice. And it was like a Looney Tunes, <laughs> like cartoon. Yeah. Kind of steal. He like creeps up, like tiptoes, yeah. grabs so, it, looks so around, cool. d- 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 does a left, a right, a left, and a right, and then tips toe back. You know, it's like it was so. Like an it animated, works. yeah. I, 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 uh, this is why Rudy's amazing, man. This is why I love Rudy. <laughs> we all love Rudy. On the subject of Rudy, something I noticed when I watched it last night, um, Rudy, when he kills, first of all, when he goes to kill the three vampire ladies at the end, yeah. so badass when he's like, uh, what, what's he say? Like, I'm in the damn, aren't I in the damn squad? What's he say? Uh, I don't know the exact words. He goes, it's so cool. He's got yeah. a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> um, um, anyways, I'm in the damn club, aren't I? Something like that. Something like that yeah. And, and, and so he, he kills like when he's killing these vampire ladies, like you see it have an effect on him. Like when it cuts back to him after he's killed all of them, mm-hmm. he's like messed up from it. And then when he has to kill the wolf man, Played by uh, Napoleon yes. Dynamite's uncle. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Appropriate. Napoleon Dynamite Daniel Pam. Jonathan Criers. I also want to give a shout out to Real Genius. So yes, yes, he's he's great. He's he's great in everything. Um, anyways, when he gets when he when Rudy kills him, you see it again. Like it's it's like it's so it's subtle. 
but it works like sincere. It's like, yeah. wow, he's, he's like, he, it's affecting him having to like do these things. Right. I thought it was cool. Well, he's also like of, of the crew, which is why I think I've probably loved Rudy even more. It's like, he gets his hands real dirty compared to the other guys. Oh yeah. Gets his hands real dirty. And I think that that's, kind of, I mean, he does most of the work. Yeah. I mean, he's the, yeah, he, does. he gets the he stakes, kills. he makes the bullets. He yeah. like, yeah, and he kills he three vampires like, and the werewolf. This is what I say about Shane Black. It's like Shane Black knows how to write. <laughs> so it's so all right. So if you ever watch, <clears throat> I'll I'll go back to Lethal Weapon as one, you know, or Kiss. Uh, was it? Is it Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Kiss. There's oh, also kiss, Long Kiss, kiss Goodnight. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he also did that and, one. Uh, but he knows uh, how to write like, like 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 the cool like glutton nice for. Yeah, he, but he knows how to write this like cool glutton for like, like he's the cool guy. Everybody wants to be like Mel Gibson. You know, everybody wants to be Riggs. Riggs will fight. No one death. wants to be like Mel Gibson, dude. Not no, now. no, no, no. I meant Riggs. I meant Riggs, not Mel. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I meant Riggs. <laughs> Riggs. We all we understood. But, but if you watch I'm not it back, to watch Mel Gibson movies in this house because <laughs> my Allie is Jewish and she's like obviously not okay with him so i'm like i kind of like when she's out of town i'm like okay maybe i'll watch it <laughs> does she because so she can't even watch like the classic like like she couldn't watch braveheart i mean she wouldn't I mean, want to do you a, really she's not need to rewatch that. braveheart really you guys am i am i like it's making myself sound like terrible you, okay it doesn't hold up the way you, you i mean know. i loved it when i, mean, I was if when you, i was younger of I loved, course everyone yeah, did. i loved braveheart yeah. i can live without braveheart it's fine anyways let's let's go i don't let's, think there's any Anyway, Mel yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She, yeah she, don't so take Shane the Monster Black, Squad from us. he's he's good at writing a, a certain type of character. I think Rudy, you know, is that type of character as well. It's like every guy kind of wants to be him, but he also has like a little bit of like a a um. It's it's not just like I'm I'm a badass. It's like there's like something you know sincere going on, and whether that was whether that was the writing, whether it was the directing, whether it was just the acting or the person who brought that to it, I don't know. But it's like it's, it's something that reoccurs in Shane Black films if you watch them, where it's like you know there's something deeper to our to our like heroes or our you know tough guys. Did you do you also notice that Shane Black loves to have a little girl who's like tough and smart? Yes. in all of his films like <laughs> there's always that character and like they're always really well written and he does a very good job of finding like an actor who mm -hmm. can like pull it off yeah yeah um did you guys could have been me man it could have been me it could have it really could have been actually you. could you have been you it yeah. totally could have been that would have been you the right age like like my mom wouldn't wouldn't let me do tv <laughs> mom's smart yeah yeah my mom is very yeah. smart i was really mad at her for a very long time because I wanted to audition for like commercials and stuff. And then I became an adult and I was like, Oh God, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good, good call. Yeah. Um, I have a question regarding to a uh, scary German guy. He's great in this movie. Absolutely right. love him. Did you, this is more for Mickey um, uh, because Marika, you were in your twenties when you saw this, but go ahead and chime in. Like when, when he goes, yes, I know something about monsters, and he closes the door after the kids realize mm -hmm. he's cool, and you get to zoom in on like his his yeah. hand and his arm. Did you catch that? When I was like, a kid, when, no. At, at, when did you catch it? Did someone explain it um, to you? Did you figure it out on your own? I I have to. Th I I'm gonna just. I don't know the 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 
like I can't be totally accurate, but I will think that it probably I found out on my own somehow. Um, I don't think that that was something anybody explained to me when watching the film. I think that it was such a quick moment that it's like, you know, I, by the time you reach the end of the film, which I was, even as a kid, I was like, don't talk to me while I'm watching movies. But, uh, <laughs> but at the end of the film, I can imagine that it was such a, such a quick moment that nobody like came back to go like, hey, we should probably explain that moment to him because it's a big moment. But uh, I certainly, I mean, it made sense to me later on, probably high school, junior high, somewhere in there when I started to actually learn about the Holocaust and just everything. Marika? I mean, I was in my 20s, so... You spotted. Yes, you I got got the, it made sense. I got you. the reference. Did yeah. you? When did you get the reference? Uh, like Mickey, I'm not sure when I did. It must have been sometime in my teens, because, again, like, I, I never watched this movie with an adult until I was an adult. Um, right. So, like, it was something I, I figured... It was like... And it was like... It was like, whoa! When, like, when you yeah. realize it, you're the like, reveal. oh, like, wow, that's oh, like, oh, really good. It's a really good layers, like, layers. Yeah, one of the few, one of the uh, a moment of good. This movie is a hodgepodge, right? Of like great concepts, great segments, but like overall, as and I say this as a person who loves this movie, it's not, it's not that it, not that great. Right. It has it has like so outside of its it's it's like political correctness of like in the time period it was made to now. If you cut all that out, it still has like like story issues that you have to like work and fill them in yourself. But it's right? still, but it's still but I, I will say that it's still great. Oh, it's still I still love it. And it's Marika like Marika has a. a um, um, a different experience with it right because mickey you and i connected to her childhood but mm -hmm. marika you didn't have that experience but it, no. it 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 does connect with you in some way with your childhood or is it just your 20s i mean i i i, I look exactly like phoebe so <laughs> So you like movies where you look like someone in it. Exactly. Yeah. No, but I mean, you know, I could totally see myself in that character, which is great because she's the coolest one in the whole movie. Um, but like, I don't have. I don't know, like watching it today, it was. It kind of made me nostalgic for movies where there are gaps, there are plot holes and. The, yeah. the bits that are funny and fun and weird and like gross just kind of make up for it enough that you you forgive it for the plot hole. For sure, a good run. And I think that like I think that we've gotten into this this era where like everything has to be super well explained. I mean, there're still movies with plot holes. But like you know, I think that a lot of times back then and now as well, like we get so bogged down and like, but we have to explain like why this happens and how this and who this person is. And like, or I get it. I get that it's important because at some points you're watching Monster Squad and you're going, why, what, huh? But like, they kind of just went, doesn't matter. Our objective is like, we're going here and we're doing this and we're just getting it done. And it's a fun movie. And yeah, like the story isn't, rock solid but it's it's fun throughout mm -hmm. and i will take something that is fun throughout over something that is like sound story-wise or like logic wise you know any day yeah. especially if, if i'm sitting down to watch something like monster squad like if i'm gonna 
We'll see. There, there are some directors or some, like, if I'm going to watch a sci-fi thing where they're like, we're not going to explain anything. Well, I, shit just blows up. I, it, I mean, obviously, I, that's not going to work for me, but. I also think that right now we're living in a place where it's like, if you were to do something like this, you you, it would be like, it has to be so meta. Like, it's like, we're making it cheesy because it's an homage yeah. to, like, that yeah, cheesy that. thing. And but but yeah. what I will say is that and like ironically what, bad. But what kind of what thing. I think is beautiful about it is that there is some cheese factor in it. But it's like I think it's like these people are really going for a movie and they're yeah. trying to do something. And it's like they're pushed up against so many factors in that period. You know, not first of all, not a lot of films are being made like they are now. As, as many are being made then. You know, it's like to get one greenlit period to get together. You know, it's like it was just a tougher time to make a film much more expensive, much more labor intensive. And, you know, you just kind of, I don't know, there's something about this film that you're like, yeah, there are so many flaws, right? So many flaws, but it, but it achieves its, it achieves what I think was its goal at every level. You know, I, I just do. I just think that, I mean, if you're a young kid and this is your introduction to the universal monsters, what an awesome introduction. Mm -hmm. They kind of, they kind of hit every single one of them. And they yeah. do them in the, and they, they have reduced them down into a kid's mind to like the best elements of these monsters. Like the creature yeah, in the Black sure. Lagoon doesn't have a big story. He is like a creature that comes out of a swamp and it's scary <laughs> yeah. looking. The mummy does not say a word. He is a mummy that drags his feet across the ground. It's like the Dracula is like, that's all you need to know. Dracula is intelligent, <laughs> smart, can outwit you. Uh, the dynamite's a stretch, but 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 they still had like a good you know sense of Dracula, a good sense of Frankenstein, and a wonderful sense of the Wolfman. That is the Wolfman. The Wolfman doesn't want this curse. It is the curse of the Wolfman. That comes across. Yeah. So I think that they did a really good job with it, and I was actually shocked at the end credits when I saw that it wasn't a Universal film. I did not. That shocked me. All right. So on that note, what is your favorite like what is your one favorite thing about this movie michelangelo my favorite if you had to pick my favorite thing my favorite or mickey thing. if you, something mickey, comes to you, mind. Go, you go yeah ahead. no i i'll just start by saying obviously my favorite thing is the use of wang chung um, <laughs> <laughs> how they use Perfect. the 80s classic wang agreed. chung in that montage yeah, was brilliant so fitting. No, um, no, my favorite thing, and I already kind of touched on it, but but just as a construct, anytime the kids are the biggest threat to the villains, I'm all about it, man. I'm like, bring on more kids being smarter than than adults, kicking bad dudes' asses any day. Also, add to the question, wh which is your favorite monster? Ooh. In this movie, in this movie, can, can, can I can I add to that question? Can I make it a two parter? Yeah, yeah. What, what's your favorite? I know what's your favorite monster, and just like the Monster Squad, who do you see yourself as? We already we already went over this. No, no, no. The monsters. Who? Which monster do you? Oh, see? oh. okay, okay. Go ahead, please. Mickey. Go ahead. Uh, I'd like to add a third part to this question. Sure, please. <laughs> I'm super kidding. Just no, answer no, the go. damn question, Marika. Please add your third part. No, it was a joke. Come on, Rika. It's okay. Go Make answer the question. <laughs> okay. So my favorite monster of the group of monsters in the Monster Squad uh, is probably the Wolfman. Uh, he one part terrifies me, but he also one part I identify with him on so many levels. It's like 
there is this there's there's just something human about him in the sense that there's a bad part of you there's something that that lurks inside of you whether it's temper whether it's like you know selfishness or ego or whatever it is there's something inside you that you don't that can come out at any time and you're you want to keep it suppressed but you can't and you know it's just you're biding your time for the next time it comes out he is like the most empathetic character i think so for me the wolfman uh not just in this movie but as a whole is a great great universal monster um and then who do i see myself identify myself as more uh probably uh the wolfman uh for that very reason i just said very nice (laughs) marika um your question in my two-part question (laughs) what was my i I don't even you were gonna add a third this is what happens I get confused. You said what? What's your favorite monster? And then what? I said what monster do you see yourself as? Yeah, but Marika had a question. Like your was it favorite see, moment? So <laughs> oh, what did you like the best out yeah. of the, the whole thing? Yeah. Um, I. Oh God! See, this now I have to think about like three things at once. Very complicated. It's not that complicated. Um, favorite monster Frankenstein for sure. Who do I see myself as? Frankenstein for show. Because <laughs> people are frightened at the sight of me as well. Um, and then that's not true, listener. That is not true at all. They're not frightened not by the sight of Marika. Don't they really may cool. be in, they may be yes. intimidated by the sight of Marika. He's just being yeah. nice. He's just being nice. A smart, uh, intelligent but... woman who like who, I, who speaks idiot. well, said, speaks multiple, speaks speaks <laughs> multiple languages. Worldly. Worldly. coming out of her. Um platform i mean shoes. she is bald anyway but <laughs> she has exactly. bolts she has bolts coming out of her neck you know uh and then favorite part i think it's like the and we talked about it but it's the very like effective use of kids swearing or almost swearing it always made me laugh and i think that's one of the things that's like peppered through mm-hmm. the whole film that like is just always even when it's not meant to be funny i kind of chuckled <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I thought there's just the, the use of non swear words as swear words is kind of delightful in this film. Michelangelo. Um uh, I'll start out with the monsters. Um uh my favorite monster, probably Wolfman. Uh although I gotta say the Gill Man or the creature from the Black Lagoon, they call him Gill Man in this. I have to do a quick shout out to a book called The Lagoon's Forgotten Lady by Mallory Patrick. And it's about how this woman named Melissa Patrick actually created the original creature from the Black Lagoon, but was completely erased from the history books on it. So if you're into universal monsters at all, like check this book out. It's awesome. Um, uh, uh, So yeah. And then who I, who I identify as, I mean, like, like the dramatics of the Wolfman appeal to me, but like I'm also kind of a middle child, and uh, I kind of go unnoticed sometimes. So like maybe maybe the Gill Man because uh, he's kind of <laughs> overlooked in this film, <laughs> right? But at the last, at the fourteenth hour, eleventh yeah. oh, hour, he gets Horace like from the sewer. <laughs> he gets Horace oh, like the most badass shot moment. The chest and yeah. die. Yeah. <laughs> And, and there are three things I really love. And that's, of course, when Horace is like, my name, 
is Horus. Horus. That's yeah. awesome. Rudy Badass. being affected by ki- doing all these killings, right? Yeah. Um, and um, uh, oh shoot, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, listeners. You it had was a third one, and you forgot it. There was a there's a third. Oh, this and, and this this segues into a question I have uh, for the group. Um, um, when <laughs> when uh, Patrick's older sister who is horribly blackmailed into helping them. Uh, when we find out she's not a virgin, right? And, and Patrick is like, you're not a virgin. And she's like, yeah, Steve, but he doesn't count. That still makes me laugh every single time. Like that is a hilarious line that I think would be more effective if, if, if the sister character was like more fleshed out or at least like wasn't such, like just an object. Uh, but what Marika, especially, what do you think of like, what do you think of like, it's like, it's like, they could have just easily said it has to be a female virgin, but like how it's like, why does it have to be a girl? See, they never specify that because they're like, we need a virgin and they never realize that all of them are virgins, right? No. Except for and maybe so like, Rudy. I Except assume for maybe that Rudy. like. No, Rudy's still super virgin. Uh, no, Rudy. Rudy's um, been yeah. Rudy's, Rudy's had some. Like Rudy's, yeah. Dude, he's, he's some a virgin. Tail. He's had some tail. Come he, on. No, no he has not. No, he has not. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just assumed at like at some point realized that like it has to be a female virgin because at the beginning it's a girl, and then when they ask her, it's a girl. Um, but see, and see, in Hocus Pocus, the virgin is a boy so good um but yeah it took a while that i was like why couldn't one of the boys do it and then when they asked if phoebe was a virgin (laughs) which like thank you old scary german dude be like yes 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 she's a virgin (laughs) Allie, Allie was like when when that happened Allie was like, what if that that didn't work this is like Oh no! That's bad. Oh, don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it! I was like, I told my mom, I'm saying it on the podcast. Um, That's bad. That's funny uh, though. Um, Once bitten, isn't that you know the movie? Isn't it Once Bitten or what's the one with Jim Carrey? Yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah, that was about yeah, male virgins, virgin, right? Yeah, yeah, male virgin. Yeah, yeah. well, just yeah. virgin. Again, yeah. I mean, they just didn't specify right. it. Whatever. It's. I mean, again, it's just yet yeah. another. Well, like, they're also. I mean, a mission. I also say that movie is in. is grossly marketed towards young boys. <laughs> I mean, wait, once bitten? You mean? No, no. Well, that, well, that too. as well. Yeah, oh, Monster but, but Monster Squad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah. the opening scene yeah. is them in the office for drawing monsters and making fun of the teacher. It's like the whole thing is kind of like. Yeah. yeah. It's very on the nose. Yeah. yeah. By the way, that teacher, she was kind of hot. That teacher hot. did. Did have like the that mouth of the cat hair. She did, yeah. Yeah, so, but she they was were in, right. She was an attractive Good. woman. I like it. I like. Oh, for sure. She was attractive. Uh, um, as was the principal. <laughs> I mean, to each their own. So, okay. So, are we are we classifying this movie? Is that? Yeah, I, is I that think it's something time. we're doing. I think it's time we we put well, this puppy on a shelf. Let's Ay-yay-yay. let's two things. Who do we recommend this to? In the shop mm-hmm. and where does it go on the shelf but before we get into that i just want to uh mention uh wolfman's got nards it's a documentary 
uh, about this. And if you're a fan of this film, you need to see Wolfman's Got Nards. That's that's what I'm going to say. The shot, uh, the the Andrew Gower um, was sort of like I think he directed it or he was at the helm of it. Um, and he just goes through like the history of this film, the people in it, and like like how did people end up liking it? Why it didn't work out? Like why was why was it such a huge flop? You know, one of the reasons one of the reasons being the Lost Boys came out two weeks before. And like, oh. yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that movie, is, that that movie is solid. That movie is solid. That is a vampire movie, too. Yeah, it's one of my one yeah. of my you know what actually that explains also. I bet that movie had a lot to do with me in the shoebox as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that would make sense. What kind of shoebox was it? The shoebox of weapons. What kind of shoebox was it? I'm not sure. I'm guessing it was Fila. What kind of like brand? What do you mean? What kind of? I was wearing Fila's a lot at the time. Like Fila was you, a was a brand that I liked. Did you That's put crosses? Did you not have a crucifix in there? That's the one. Thing I had a crucifix in there. Okay. I did mention okay. it. I, did, I mentioned that. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, um, I did have a crucifix. I didn't like draw on the box. I, I I would have loved to have had like a really nice box, obviously. But I just was like, I was doing this all DIY. This is like back before, you know, you could easily order a cool box on Amazon. This was just like whatever <laughs> I could make in my house. It was the good old days. Yeah, it's, old days. it's you were. Yeah. This is how less often, consumerism. How often did you go into your box? Or make it yourself? How often did I go into the box? Yeah, like check on the box, make sure everything's in the box. Like, I mean, uh, initially, all the time, like daily. Uh, I think over time, it probably got forgotten about. And then it probably was like a thing where I dug it out like I was 16 years old and I was like hiding my beer under there. And I was like, what's this shoebox? <laughs> and then I went down like a memory lane. I was like, oh, this is sweet, Mickey. This is great. Oh, this that's amazing. I wish you still had that box. Yeah, so oh, do man. I. I just like kept it. So I guess yeah. your brothers or your parents never found this box and like made fun of you or were worried that you were. No, my it was around. Yeah, no, no, it never was found. It was very much my box. Uh, also, um, I know, but to 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 take it a step further, I would I would like sometimes put those items from the box in my backpack and I would go in the woods and I would like stalk <laughs> in the night. Oh, no. Uh, no, I would stalk like like thinking I was stalking like vampires and stuff in the night. Meanwhile, it's like eight p.m. I was about to ask you, did you ever take on the a box Saturday out on, like a sleepover? No, no, this was this, anyway, this was East Texas, and I had I had Texas, a large yeah. woods in the backyard, and I would go out with, and I also had a a German Shepherd that we called Wolf, and I had recently seen White Fang, so Wolf and I went everywhere together hunting uh make-believe vampires in my woods which i actually think would be an amazing graphic novel also you, you are now the that. coolest kid i know yeah it was uh, it was a great great period of my life um so, amazing who do we so, recommend this movie to and what section it does it go to? in mickey i recommend it to uh kids ages 7 to 12 um PG thirteen movie. <laughs> yeah, seven. I mean, you if you get to thirteen, oh, you're PG not going to enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, fuck PG thirteen. That's it's fun ratings. watching that kind of stuff. You know, don't don't, don't right. tell me what Go. what I'm allowed to see at what age. No, I think seven. I think 
kids seven to twelve that have an interest in like the macabre or the like monsters or horror films, this is a great entry level film for them. It will not give them. Uh, it might give them some nightmares, but it won't tra- traumatize them. This is a great entry level film for a seven to twelve year old who's interested in horror films. That's my recommendation. That's what I'm going with. Michelangelo. Um, I'm going to recommend the movie. Um, um, you like Night of the Creeps? You should definitely watch this movie. In fact, there's a little there's a little shout out to the Monster Squad within the film somewhere. Figure it out. Watch Night of the Creeps. Figure it out. Also, this is a perfect segue movie into to like a kid who is like curious about horror films. I'm like, if you can get past the first two seconds. <laughs> then, you're in. Non-existent <laughs> act? then you're in perfect kids who want something that's kind of spooky like one half step above hocus pocus kind of thing i mean i wouldn't recommend this movie to any grown adult unless they've already seen it and i'm kind of surprised that i didn't see it earlier because i liked weird creatures i, I find the labyrinth scarier than i would agree think the that. kids know like kids know from an, an early age that I liked spooky, weird, messed up creature shit. Like, I, that's just the kind of stuff that I was drawn to. And I would, like, draw Frankenstein over and over in my fifth grade class. And, like, the other kids in my class would be like, hey, Marie, you draw me a Frankenstein? And so I would, like, draw. I was super not popular at all. And that was, like, my little flash of popularity where I could, like, draw little drawings of Frankenstein for everyone. Um, and surprised that I never saw this movie. So those kids... You recommend that to those kids, the kids that like the weird stuff. You remember how you I had draw? a book how to draw monsters, and like that's how I learned how to draw Frankenstein. Marika, Marika, despite my uh, uh, dislike and fear of scary movies when I was a kid, I was obsessed with drawing the classic Universal monsters. See, I was fascinated but too scared to watch that stuff when I was a kid. Um, Marika, what section are we going to put this in? We need to figure out what section we're going to put this in in the video shop. I would put it in family fun Mm -hmm. but then also put a note on the box when people like pull it out of the dvd drawer of like make sure parents are aware of what's going on (laughs) like yeah family fun for sure mickey i would put it right next to the unrated version of it's alive and and just you can't you can't just put movies in non-alphabetical order. I, I I feel like that's how I I was You're brought fucking anarchist brought into this. I no I no I I would. We got our own stuff. sections here. We yeah. we do things we do it the way I want to do it. Uh, yeah. Fine, fair enough. Cookie I fair I would put it fair I would enough. put it in um anarchist. I would put it in like uh, movies that feature dynamite. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that and like Looney Tunes, Yosemite Sam goes to, I don't know, uh, anything with Wile E. Coyote. No, uh, no, I'm I'm with Marika. It's definitely family friendly frights. So family friendly frights. I like that section. Family friendly frights is a good section. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I already like that section to do tomorrow now thanks mickey we have to create a whole new section called family friendly frights so totally worth it welcome. i'm into it i, I mean, mean it's that's us, so yeah the constant a constant rotation of sections and, and new sections and where things go so michelangelo are, do, do you concur that we're going family friendly frights or um, would you have are, are you thinking what i'm thinking well no, I'm, I'm thinking like 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 most of the movies in the store, like I'm apprehensive to like let them like 
leave the store. So I say we put it in our super secret VIP section that no one has access to access to but us. I think that's where it should go. It's probably wise. Yeah. Uh, probably wise. Speaking speaking of which, oh shit, guys. I'm sorry. I think I forgot to lock the door upstairs. So I think we need to like I think we need to <laughs> we need to close up well the basement done. and make sure everything's uh locked well done. up. It's yeah. still there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Jesus, I'm worried hey, now. All um, right. Guys, uh I think I think we pulled it off. So I'm gonna thanks I'm gonna for, go uh, shit. Thanks for bringing this to me. <laughs> <laughs> we pulled I'm it off. Go, I'm gonna go take a shit too. Yeah, I think that's a booger. <laughs> booger. Marika, would you be uh would you be willing to give us a a, a quick uh, uh send off in French? Yes. Anything in particular? Just something about the movie and the store and how awesome Alors. Mickey and I are. À tout le monde qui écoute, le, on en a beaucoup parlé, mais une chose qui est claire, la chanson Wang Chung n'existe pas dans ce film. Fais l'écouter, fais écouter la chanson en, en, en ligne sur des autres affaires, mais cette, la chanson Wang Chung ne se trouvera pas dans ce film, donc ne vous attendez pas à l'entendre, mais il y a une autre très, 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 très bonne chanson pour le montage euh, qu'on va mettre à la fin au générique, mais ce n'est pas Wang Chung. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Good night.